Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrewer for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Chris Ragg, Peter Cogdell and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. And this week, we're discussing whether it's okay for geese to bully people in computer games. Nick. I have no bloody idea what this is about. Tell me, what's going on? Well, a, an inter- a recent sensation on the internet, which I know you're not very familiar with. Not massively. Was the game uh, Untitled Goose Game, is what it's called, by House House Software. And it's an um, absolutely fantastic little game uh, where you... Um, Can I just say, it's yeah. lovely to see your little eyes lighting up as you talk about this. I haven't seen you so excited in so long. No, okay, I, keep I, going. I, it's, I mean, um, you know, you've, you, when you think you've played every genre of computer game, along comes Untitled Goose Game. And the, the aim of the game is you're basically a goose living in a little sleepy sort of middle England village. Okay. And uh, your job is to go round and basically you have a sort of checklist of horrible things that you need to do. You need to sort of steal people's lunch. You have to try and um, make a child fall over and uh, then you have to give him the wrong glasses to pick up. You've got to trap him in a phone box. Okay. Uh, at some point you have to steal. Uh, you've got to try and smash this woman's vase. Um, and and so there's there's all these missions you have to try and complete and uh it's a kind of a puzzle game you're wandering around you're, it's very adorable this goose okay uh, it, it just walks around it goes to a pub it goes you know to the high street and goes into shops and stuff and um and uh it, you know so you're, you're basically going around being being very mean to people the aim of this game is to, is to be mean and um i did i did i'm the can't say i felt particularly bad about about uh bullying this kid because he is only a little virtual person but it made me it did make me think about you know well it, is is it okay to you know what 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 are the ethics of how you behave in a computer game mm. um and perhaps more widely games in general you know what it, what is what is allowed if a game encourages you to do uh to do bad things like like uh, but making a child fall over is that okay? I mean, and then uh, you know, then more widely looking at multiplayer games, what kinds of behaviour are acceptable there? And and so yeah, I mean, I just think it's quite an interesting question. Um, Peter, Chris, weigh in. Yeah, well, I, I mean, for I I have th- also played uh, Untitled uh, Goose Game, and similarly didn't didn't really think about the um, uh, didn't didn't feel uh, um, immoral uh, conducting the the acts um but then you don't in real life either, but that's generally. that's that's true i'm i'm always making children fall over and putting the wrong glasses on so um so so yeah in in, in that way uh yeah it, it uh mimics reality um but uh but no i but i did think about um you know the the idea of uh whether or not um you can be bad to uh agents you know com- kind of computer created agents within games um and in this game the sort of suspicion that they they wander around but they don't appear particularly intelligent right you know they they have quite predictable patterns of of behavior and so they they don't they don't seem intelligent and they don't particularly i mean they do exhibit emotions in that they sort of might run away from you or something Mm. um but but generally they're not very sophisticated so they don't feel like real people that you're doing this to uh but there are other games you know where you've got much more sophisticated agents and ones that you know the game producers have talked about as being 
intelligent, being sentient, having emotional states. So uh, an example is Mario Lives, uh, mm. where the the characters, the you know computer generated characters that you interact with have uh, emotional states like greed and hunger and so on. And the question is, under those circumstances, you know, can can you start to mistreat those those entities? Now, other people in games is another matter, but just on the issue of sure. computer-created um, uh, agents. Um, I think yeah. there's an interesting question. I'll come to Peter in a second. Interesting question here about... Um, what we've talked about before about something being uh, sentient or sapient, okay? And I guess getting into the world of AI and all that sort of side of things. But also, I'm wondering if there's um, an effect, positive or negative, of how one behaves in, in a game like that and how then one behaves um, out in the real world. Um, and that's, as you say, before we even start talking about other real-life players out there. Peter? Yeah, well, I, I think we'll come on come on to that. Uh, but, the, yeah... the assuming these are dumb agents and there's no, they, they aren't they aren't living beings in any kind of meaningful sense um where where does the where does where does the harm come from where's the, where's the wrong in the being bad you know if there, if there's no actual material wrong no no harm no foul right so there's no there's no no one being well, harmed no one being let's imagine that you found out that someone you knew uh, had a penchant for buying teddy bears Taking them home and torturing them, right? The person or the teddy bears? The, they were torturing the teddy bears. Okay. Uh, ultimately, fatally, so that the teddy bears would end up, you know, as just with all their stuffing out and they, they had to be thrown away and a new teddy bear would have to be brought Like along. Sid from Toy Story. Yeah. Is that okay? I mean, part of me thinks no. I'd say I'd think, I'd think someone was, there might be something to worry about if I found out that that was someone's predilection. And and so I think there's not it's not just consequentialism, and we can talk about that because I think there's something interesting there. Uh, well, well, I was well. Is there something wrong with it? I mean, yeah, is it, I mean, is it, just... is it a symptom of? Is the reason there's something wrong with it because it's indicative of the fact that they might do that? They might harbour a desire to do that to things that can feel their stuffing being pulled out uh, and that they might be more likely to actually do it as well. Well, this is where... Wait, wait, you know, no, sorry, hold on. I've, I've not heard yeah. enough from... I'd like to hear more from Peter. But, yeah, I don't think being more likely to do something is enough. Uh, they have to actually do it, right? Because they're, they're not guilty until they've done something wrong. But they, but is that not... But is, is this torturing of teddy bears maybe not a nice, safe release uh, that they can they can they can they can have in their privacy in their own home, which might actually prevent them from doing things because you know they can get their stress out on these teddy bears and then yeah. I mean, I know this is not exactly the same thing, but I remember years ago there there was this sort of um, probably here in North London where during break times boys weren't were discouraged from sort of playing things like British Bulldog and beating each other up. And what happened was then in class they were a complete nightmare because um, they need that time to sort of you know. Uh, to get it out of them so similarly like when you sort of go home to have a, a nice quiet evening pulling the stuffing out of your teddy bear maybe that's good because it means you're not pulling the stuffing out of anyone else yeah uh, I, Nick. I, I think i think the evidence is a bit uh it, the evidence generally says that you know playing violent computer games and stuff doesn't make you violent but uh you know but it's not at the same time there are bits of evidence which suggest you know there are impacts that it has on certain kinds of you know cognitive uh things and, and on behavior so for example people playing a driving game makes people more likely to drive uh, more dangerously oh, for really example. i mean i think these effects are very temporary but they they some studies suggest they exist yeah, and you have to be you have to be quite careful with how it's worded and how the study is conducted because the the apa the, the american 
Psychology Association. Um, they, 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 there was a famous study, I think, two thousand fifteen, maybe earlier, uh, that 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 conf- that that seemed to confirm a link between playing violent games and being aggressive, more aggressive. But that didn't necessarily translate to violence in the real world. And whether or not that was was that causative, and which direction that yeah, went in, and stuff. Yeah. Probably. No, I mean, I, but I think this comes down to. Um, a question of, of sort of virtue ethics versus consequentialism um in and i think both get things right a bit about about sort of ethics where virtue ethics is essentially you are the judgments about good and bad are about an agent and about their kind of intentions and about the kinds of ways that they behave and not so much about the things that they do the, the consequences of what they do consequentialism is very much the opposite and just saying well it's really only about the consequences of your actions is how we judge whether those actions are good or bad now where i i can't i think virtue we, we, parts of us are all instinctively a bit virtue ethicsy, and and i and i i think that it is sort of i mean when i when i play like role-playing games on on the computer i cannot help i always sometimes think you know this time i'm going to be really mean I'm going to t- become a kind of, you know, scumbag who goes and kills innocent people and does all the missions where you have to, you know, rob people and stuff. And I can't. I just can't do it. I cannot be anything other than a, than a nice bloke in, in RPGs, even if it's totally consequence-free. Just try that in real life. So I'm not behaving. Uh, I'm not behaving uh, as though consequentialism is, is everything. You know, because I sort of think uh, there's a bit of my identity, which is, uh, you know, which is about not being really horrible to people. You're time. just too nice. But, yeah, but is that, do you, think, do you think that is, uh, do you think that is because you see the lack of virtue in what you're doing in that, um, in those circumstances? Or do you think that's because the, the simulation effect makes you feel like you're doing it yeah. to a real person? So it's, if, if, you, if it were obvious that that thing were was not a real person you you hadn't taken the imaginative leap the suspension of disbelief to to imagine that it was um do you think you could for example could you smash a door to pieces uh i don't think i could even do that physically i'd have to have well okay but but you know <laughs> if you were if you were um looking for catharsis from anger could you hit yeah, a, yeah, a, a, yeah. I think an abstractly yeah, inanimate yeah, I could object do, definitely smash a door up in fact right. i quite enjoyed knocking shelves off the wall once. okay yeah. so 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 there's something about the um uh, the um anthropomorph anthropomorphization of an object like a teddy bear which is no different to say a, a pot plant or something um that uh that you know it's the staring eyes that make you imagine that it's an actual yeah, i think i mean so, so i think it's plausible to say that our our kind of in, intuitive sense of what's right or wrong is probably as evolved in a pro in a way to approximate a kind of consequentialism so that you judge whether someone is good or bad by whether or not their actions in general tend to produce goodness or badness so fund it's driven by ultimately by consequentialism but actually, the way that it feels is much more about, oh, you know, is this person just a nice person or a nasty person? And, you know, being mean to people is something we're reverse to doing, even if we know they're not real people. Yeah. Because, you know, because it operates on a more fundamental level. And, you know, our heuristics basically say, don't be nice to, don't be horrible to things with big eyes. Yeah. Uh, fluffy things with big eyes. Um, the reason we've evolved to do that is for some consequential reason. But yeah. in fact, the way that we experience it 
is and that's that's see that's why that's why i i don't think it's as straightforward as well it's not a real person so it doesn't matter yeah Uh, i think i think it's worth moving on a little bit and addressing this the the do violent computer games make you more violent in real life and don't they a bit more because it, there's this controversial topic and it's often cited by the uh the gun lobby in america as being a, the, a major driver for youth violence and youth use of uh, use of weapons yeah um uh so the, the, there were some counter counter uh, factual studies for uh, against the APA study, which it shows there's no there's no correlation between at a national level with national stats between video game spending per capita and any kind of violence. If if it were the case, then places like Japan would have as much viol- gun violence as uh, America does. Mm. Um, and it, uh, and the critics of of this idea that violent computer games ca- caused increased violence often see often um, see that s- suggest that computer the computer game industry is an easy target for the gun lobby as like a, a, a scapegoat for or we'll blame blame those yes, guys yes it's a diversion there. isn't it yeah it's yes. a diversion it's convenient to 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 for the american gun lobby to shift the blame to virtual guns and to, to distract from the fact that it's actually probably a, a, con, a major contributor to the, the prevalence of real guns um but yeah, I mean, I think and there's lots of studies that suggest that computer games can actually be a quite a useful release of tension and mm. a useful way of uh, that cathartic, uh, the, the cathartic violence in the virtual world is a safe place to do it, um, which which uh, like I, I think that then begs the question, you know, if you are merrily running around shooting um, in a computer v- game. V- in a computer game, yes, yeah. yes, uh, uh, virtual agents you know um you know that might that might either you know have some effect in the real world but regardless of that is intrinsically what you are doing in the game wrong if you're shooting things that are are becoming more and more sophisticated there's a company called um wingman ai who specialize in developing virtual um uh, ai um, kind of co-players for you in games, like particularly in shoot, shoot 'em ups, but any any games, that's what they do. So that you can sort of, you know, if you, if you haven't got any real friends, you can play with uh, this AI. And and you know, they've found some quite interesting uh, things. For example, um, in in some of these shoot shoot 'em up games, they um, they have found their initial kind of attempts to create an AI meant that this this thing would just leave the human player in the lurch because it would have made assumptions about the capability of the human player right. assuming it could you know take out the whole floor of a building yeah. or something on its own because the imagine AI being could... abandoned by even your virtual exactly the the dent in your uh, self-esteem at that point yeah well i um, see now sorry go on so well, well i was just going to say so you know in a sense there there is an ai where there we're projecting like hang on a minute you've you've stitched me up here you're you're kind of um projecting that um ethical decision on the part of the ai but you know obviously the flip side is if you're killing ais you know is is that is that wrong well now you might be tempted to say what the hell are you talking about is just computer program and mm. i think you know that's a kind of adequate response but utilitarianism essentially says that you know we judge 
the goodness or badness of a state of affairs by the effect it has on people's utility. So in other words, what people prefer, right? So, you, you know, if, if there's a situation which broadly, you know, a majority of people would prefer to happen than, than, than not, then that's better than where we are now, more or less. Mm. Um, so, you, you know, and now if you machines, at least beyond a certain level of sophistication, artificial intelligences have utility functions. We have to give them utility functions if we want them to learn stuff. Uh, because or at least if we want them to learn stuff for a reason because they're trying to achieve something uh broadly so non if if ais that are rule-based which you know a lot of them are in computer games this doesn't apply to but ais which have utility functions where you say right you want to achieve this we're not really going to tell you how the world works you've got to find that out for yourself um but this is what you are trying to achieve that that's a utility function and if we're thwarting it um then in uh, you know a sense we are lowering its utility. Yeah, not you know, in a doesn't sound like they're in a moral or ethical sense, which well, I think is what we're talking about. That is the question: well, is, yeah, is, I, I, is at what point do um, online entities become, you know, become worthy of moral consideration? Become worthy, of, you know, be, become people? I suppose. And I, you know? I think if you take, you know, uh, Nick, there is sort of, you know, looking at a, a functionalist view of um, of whether or not something has a uh, has an emotional state so you know if, if you set something up to um, exhibit the uh, the properties of being hungry for example you know it it has to seek food in order to satisfy its utility function uh, and you deny it food you know are, are, is that the same as starving starving a human so you know it, that functionalist approach but also from a you know from a perspective of behaviorism if you know it's kind of this notion that you can't actually you can't see i don't know whether you're suffering or not i can only ever tell from what i can actually observe and if what you're torturing exhibits the behavior of something being tortured you know it's it's exhibiting displeasure you know by whatever we we sort of um uh, perceive uh then you know from those two perspectives actually you are causing this thing some harm it is is a immoral yeah and i, th I think that we're, we're we're sort of rife with inconsistencies all the time mm. so uh th there are there are religious faiths that seek to do as little harm minimize harm on the environment or particularly animals because they all were considered to have some kind of soul but we, but we but and, and we ourselves we 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 uh you know we wouldn't want we wouldn't cause unarmed, undue harm to a, a, a creature an animal maybe maybe even insects and things that that uh, have some sort of agency about themselves but we still eat meat most of us i think all of us here eat mm -hmm. meat uh we we still uh we still put bleach down the toilet killing all those little bacteria. Mm. you know but only what, 99 percent of known ones only 99 yeah they're, 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 yeah one percent is fine but how but how do we yeah but where do you so where do, where do we draw our line so would yeah. you pour would you pour bleach on ants i would possibly wouldn't because it's quite a horrid thing to do but mm. if they were i had to get rid of some ants i'd probably seek a sort of humane way of of dispatching them yeah um, yeah. Set up some jam somewhere else. Yes, yeah, set up in some jam garden. somewhere yeah. else. But yeah, I've got no qualms against cockroaches. Those things remind me of the alien from the alien films, and I, I'd happily yeah. murder them. So, all so, the, so but, the, the, but the, my point is that there's some sort of threshold of like consciousness that beyond which we think we can't be violent and horrible. Well, or, or, or is it a sliding scale, and we moderate how moral, how how kind of how much we care morally 
by where it is on that scale. I know. Um, but the question is whether or not it's to do with uh, intelligence per se, or whether that's really proxying for sentience. And I think they're they're different things. You could imagine something being very intelligent but not at all sentient. And I wouldn't feel bad about about you know d- doing anything to something which wasn't sentient. So I wonder if we're 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 talking about intelligence, but what we mean is sentience. We definitely um, mean sentience. Yeah. Um, I want to round us up. There's a question I want to ask. Um, before I do, any anything you want to round up on? Um, well, yeah, the, just the computer game world. There's there's um, the, the 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 people in the middle are suggesting. Well, actually, computer game industry is already kind of tackling this, and um, lots of game. More and more games are actually um, trying to uh, just get away from pure violence as being the main theme of the game. Yeah. Uh, example would be Hit Hitman. Uh, you're actually rewarded for avoiding violence in that game. So if you complete missions without actually killing anybody, then you get more points. So there's a, there's a way of exploring violence in computer games, which is, but, is, but, is but, quite but, useful. But also, I mean, actually, if you if you look at um, if you look at the the uh, kind of analogy of sport. Okay, well, sport is a sort of a virtual kind of environment uh, where you try and um, kind of undermine your opponent's utility function. You know, that's that's the whole purpose. And you sometimes do that violently. And yet that is seen as the a kind of morally upstanding activity to to engage in generally within, within society. Yeah. But, I mean, we didn't really touch on the issue of um, whether or not it is wrong to inflict damage on other people, you know, other people's avatars within a within a virtual environment. I think that might be that which, might make a good another podcast. I agree, actually. yeah. 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 Uh, look, I just want to round things off. Um, I hesitate to ask this and it's quite a predictable question, but I hesitate to ask this because you're such a bunch of geeks. But um what's um what is your favourite ever uh computer game? Oh that's easy. Uh Kerbal Space Program. As an engineer, it's literally the most amazing <laughs> game ever made. <laughs> I remember you showed me that once and I went off and had a look at it and I think I lost about five minutes and I was like, Oof, it's all a bit... It's... Oh, it's just incredible. I can't wait for the, 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 the sequel. Hopefully it's going to be half as good as the... the okay. The one. Very good. Uh, Nick? I think measured by... Uh, I mean, I've got very fond memories of games like from, from the 90s like Tomb Raider and Civilization, but the one that I think I pl- played by, the most by an order of magnitude is Minecraft because i play it with my kids so we all yeah. are in the same minecraft world you yeah. know adventuring together and building stuff together and uh uh it is brilliant i mean it's a it's it's great because it does very little for you other than give you a world and some things you can do to that world and everything else is up to you okay. uh it's a genuinely amazing landmark achievement in computer games yeah. minecraft my kids like it maybe i need to get into it myself you should it more. is brilliant Chris? Well, something happened to me about the age of sort of 15 or 16 where I just... Girls. Yeah, well, maybe. (laughs) Um, But literally, I could not play computer games after that time in a a way that really engaged me. I mean, you know, my kids sometimes play them. I go and, like, Untitled Goose Game, I go and have a play. And after 15 minutes, I just feel cognitively drained, not in a a good way. Mm. And I, I... for me like i think it's two things the graphics got too good mm. so there was less there was less imagination in it and um also i think i started working on a computer and associated a computer with work as opposed to fun right um so yeah so my 
memory really is is probably a game called Elite, which was old vector graphics style. You don't need uh, to explain space. what Elite is. No, it's you're a, right. Well, space, no, you do, space space I don't know what it is. But, but oh, the point the point is, it was are too old for Elite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, boomer. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was basically a um, a game where you went around the galaxy uh, trading in different implements. And, One of the most uh, influential games. Well, actually, I think time. I know of Amazing. this because, I, again, it was via you guys recommended I had a look and, you know. Never had it on the Atari 800 XL, unfortunately, so I never got to play Elite. Um, I mean, I, I think I possibly agree with Chris a little bit, or, or I'm, I'm the same, which I can't engage with computer games like I used to, you know. Um, I just don't find them as interesting anymore. Um, but the, it's, I mean... Well, you say computer games, but you guys also aren't mad on the old board games either. Whereas no, no, for me, I, no. For me, it's well, the same sensation. I no, get. It's no, like total no, 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 no. Focus in a kind of no. artificial environment with problems to solve. I don't care whether it's a computer game or a board game. It's no, just, I disagree. For me, I just love games. No, I do really love board games. Actually, I really enjoy them, and I do get into them. It's just that in, not Twilight in, Struggle. But apparently. no, that is an awful game. Um, just not compared to you because you're just such a big sort of gamer on these things. But actually, I do like a board All game. Right. Um, no, my favourite Jet Set Willy. Probably one of the first oh, games I ever yeah. played. Loved that. Do you have ZX Spectrum? I did, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And and but then actually really I played a lot in the early nineties when I was at university. Um uh, on Sega was Echo the Dolphin. I don't know if you remember, oh, that. Yeah, I remember that. It was yeah. really cool. It was yeah, it was just a bit different from quite the usual kind of game. It was a little bit, but it had this dolphin that did flips and stuff. So I quite like that. Nice. Um okay. <laughs> we'll wrap up there. Um thank you very much indeed for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. Um we've been here with Peter Coghill, Nick Hare, and Chris Ragg of Aleph Insights. Until next time. Goodbye. <laughs>